Hi, hi everybody. My name is Catherine Baldwin and we are here again for a very special podcast tonight. I'm not going to actually do the readings. I want to talk about evangelization in the church and why it's so important. Um, You know, if you're a Protestant, then you're very familiar with evangelizing the culture. We go, you know, you go out and tell people about Christ and that type of thing. Well, the church, that was how we, that's how it started. We started the evangelization process because when the early church started, everybody went around. All the, you know, St. Paul, all the early saints, they went around telling everybody about Christ. And that's how evangelization started. And we, that was our word. You guys, well, kind of took it from us at the Protestant Reformation. But that's for another topic. Um, but yes, the, the mission of the church is to bring all people to Christ and to have them all have to know, know the, the fullness of truth, which is in the Catholic Church. But how do we do that? Obviously, there's apologetics. Which is, especially if you run in, if you're Catholic and you run into a Protestant who may have, you know, ideas of scripture and everything, that you defend our faith. That's what we're called to do. Called to defend our faith. We're called to be that witness and and, and tell the truths of our faith in the best way that we know how. So, again, called to defend the faith, to, to, to preach the faith. But it's not even just in apologetics. It's in our actions. Are we living a Christ-like life? That's the question. Are we representing Christ to others? You know, I, I look at it this way. And, and the best story that I can give you is about my husband's journey into the church. You know, he came from no religion. You know, he really they didn't have a religion they didn't really practice religion when he was growing up and I don't know how it started but he started going to mass with me and I think he was going to mass with me about a month or two and he we're walking out of mass one day and he turns and he says to me I have a question and I said okay what is it and he has a serious look on his face and he said how does one become a Catholic? And I'm taken aback by the, by the question, obviously, because I'm just like, wait, can you repeat the question? I told him, I said, can you repeat the question? Just so I want to make sure I heard it right. And he's like, and again, he said, how does somebody become a Catholic? And I explained to him the process of going into the church and the, that whole thing. And, and he said, he said I, I really want to do that. And I told him, I said, Gary, this is a very important commitment that you're making. If you decide to become a Catholic, this is not a one-deal-done thing. This is for the rest of your life that you agree to the teaching and the authority of the Holy Roman Church, that you will submit to her teachings, and you will live and abide by them. And I told him, I said, you need to be really contemplate this idea you need to contemplate this idea so I gave him about a week and a half and I must have brought it up again and I said you know have you given any more thought to going into the church and he texts me and he said I fully and 100% want to become a Roman Catholic I want to be a part of the Catholic Church and I remember that 
very, very clearly that message. So we met with the faith formation director, uh, Miss Gronkowski. Very sweet girl. Very, very sweet. She has retired from that role, unfortunately, shortly after Gary started his RCIA class. And we met with Jermaine Hughes. That was our, his catechist. And I was his sponsor. And it was pretty awesome he, uh, watching him go through the process. But the one thing that I noticed, or no, the one comment I got was, oh, you converted him. You converted him to be Catholic. That was your doing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It wasn't my doing. It was the Lord's doing. The Lord placed it in his heart that this is the church that he's called to be in. This is the religion he is called to profess. And I was just an instrument. The Lord used me as an instrument to get Gary to that place. And I see it every time we go to Mass. You know, when, when we're, you know, we're kneeling for the consecration of the bread and wine of the host. I look over and I love seeing him pray. Because a marriage, and this is, for, this is another topic for another time, but just put it this way. You and your spouse should have the same religion. You should believe the same things. You should practice the same things. There should be no difference between you. But that's for another time. The reason that I make this point about evangelization is it's not only in talking about it. It's not only in talking about Christ. It is being Christ. It is doing those actions. The simple action of going to Mass was enough for Gary to convince him that this is the church that he wanted to be a part of. This is the faith that he wanted to profess. So you can talk about Christ all you want. But it is in the action of of being Christ to those that will spur evangelization. And what I think is needed in evangelization today is we need more witnesses. We need more witnesses of Christ that will say, hey, look, I'm going to be Christ for the world because that's what I'm called to do as a Catholic. I'm called to go out and be Christ in the world for other people. I'm called to go out and be Christ and serve those that might need it. And if I see Christ in every single person I come across, I can say I'm doing it for the Lord. Say I'm doing it for the Lord. And uh, that can be hard. That can be challenging. That can be difficult. And sometimes we don't want to do it that way. We don't want to be that way. And we decide that we, you know, we turn away from that call of evangelization. I have to ask why. 
Why do we shy away from that call? We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to do a special about 30-minute program talking about evangelization. And I'll give you guys like little snippets of articles that I find talking about evangelization and Catholic theory on it and, and that type of thing. So stay with me. Be back shortly. It's going to take a quick break. Okay, we're back. I uh, hope that was a nice little break. So I found an article. Found an article on the, uh, the what the Catholic Church teaches on evangelization. And I, I was reading an excerpt of it, and it's, it's very fitting. And this is the article. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's Matthew 9.37. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God to those who believe in his name. That was John 1.12. And then you have, For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. He does not ration his gift of the Spirit. The Father loves the Son and has given everything over to him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. That's John 3, 34-36. And then John 20, 30-31 is, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. <clears throat> and then there's a bunch of different um, uh, articles here, but I want to get to the, uh, the crux of the matter. If someone were to tell you that you need to evangelize other men, what would your reaction? Perhaps it might be, I evangelize by example, not with words. That's what deacons and priests do. Or maybe it would be, I would like to, but I'm not trained or knowledgeable enough to do it. Or maybe that's something evangelical Protestants do, not Catholics. We as Catholic men have to get over the notion that evangelism is for Protestants. The notion is totally untrue. Evangelization is the essential Catholic mission. Just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told the apostles, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Beginning on Pentecost, the apostles did just that. And the work of evangelization continues to this day. It is a calling that has not changed over the years, as Pope Paul V affirmed in his letter on evangelization in the modern world. We wish to confirm once more that the task of evangelizing all people constitutes the essential mission of the Church. It is a task and mission which the vast and profound changes of present-day society make all the more urgent. Evangelizing is in fact the grace and voca vocation proper to the church. Her deepest identity, she exists in order to evangelize. Evangelization is not an optional add-on. It is at the very heart of what it means to be a Catholic, to be Catholic followers of the Lord. Yet in spite of this clear mandate, we may still be tempted to respond to this call to evangelization by saying that Catholics evangelize with how they live their lives, not by our words. We may even quote the words attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. But this doesn't mean that we can choose between proclaiming and living the gospel as if they both accomplish the same thing. Paul V wrote on to explain in Evangelizing the Modern World the importance and interplay between word and witness in this way. 
The good news proclaimed by the witness of life sooner or later has to be proclaimed by the word of life. There is no true evangelization if the name, the teaching, the life, the promise, and the kingdom and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, are not proclaimed. Perhaps the resistance of Catholics to the call of evangelization is due to the conjuring up image of street preachers and television evangelists shouting repent or talking about the wages of sin. Or maybe we think of saints or missionaries or gifted Catholic priests. But true evangelization, whatever form it takes, is born from a love of people and a desire that everyone on earth come to know the love of Christ and the blessings of living in his kingdom. As St. Paul once told the Corinthians, the love of Christ impels us to proclaim Christ. Perhaps the resistance to this call is because we believe that it is not a teaching of the Catholic Church. The Catechism of the Catholic Church describes a disciple in this way. The disciple of Christ must not only keep the faith and live on it, but also profess it, confidently bear witness to it, and spread it. Here are some additional words from Pope Paul V and John Paul II. Evangelism will always contain, as the foundation, center, and at the same time the summit of its dynamism, a clear proclamation that in Jesus Christ, salvation is offered to all men as a gift of God's mercy. And then this is from John Paul II. The moment has come to commit all of the church's energies to a new evangelism, a re-evangelism of Christian communities that have lost their original vigor, and to the mission and 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 agentus, the church's mission to the nations, regions not yet touched by Christianity. The new evangelism is not a matter of merely passing on doctrine, but rather of a personal and profound meeting with the Savior. The kingdom of God is not a concept, a doctrine, or program subject to free interpretation, but is before all else a person with the face of Jesus of Nazareth, the image of the invisible God. If the kingdom is separated from Jesus, it is no longer the kingdom of God which he revealed. No believer in Christ, no institution of the church can avoid the supreme duty to, to pro proclaim Christ to all peoples. An essential characteristic of this missionary spirituality is intimate communion with Christ. It is not possible to bear witness to Christ without reflecting his image, which is made alive in us by grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. If we as, as Catholics are to take up this call to evangelism, two important questions remain. Who do we evangelize and how do we do it? My next article would take up these questions. So, um, that's just a, uh, uh, you know, and I, you know, and, and, and I think this article, while it's specifically, specifically targeted for Catholic men, it can be used for us, for Catholic women too, that, you know, the mis the identity of the church is in evangelism. It is in calling all people to the supreme truth of God and his church. And I feel like we do not do that enough. We are so stoneheaded that we think, oh, we have to go out and really like force this on people. No. You meet them where they are. And first, and, and this is how I look at it first. First, you live out your witness. You live out the truth that Christ has given you in his church. And then, if they start asking questions on why do you live this way, then you can go into the evangelism part of telling them about Christ. And what's important to me, 
about about evangelizing in the church is that we need to not only evangelize strangers that may not know Christ, but I feel like we need to evangelize our kids. I don't have any children of my own, but if I do, if my husband and I do, we have to evangelize them. Yes, they will be baptized. Of course, they'll be raised in the Catholic tradition, but they need to come to a knowledge of Christ. And we need to evangelize to them as to who Christ is, why did he come, all of these things, because they're not going to know it. And I feel like parents, their number one duty is, of course, their education of their children, but it's to get their souls to heaven. That is your ultimate quest, is to get your loved ones and people that you care about to heaven. And, you know, we can talk about evangelizing, you know, uh, you know, we can talk about evangelizing people, like grown adults and people we meet all day. But evangelizing our kids should be a big one. That should be a no-brainer, though, right? It should be a no-brainer that we evangelize our kids and have them understand why God loves them, why he came to save them, and what he means in in their lives. Because if we teach them these things growing up, they can then spread it to others. So I, I feel like the evangelism process is so wide. There's not, you know, one size fits all. I mean, yes, there are concepts that you should take into account when you're evangelizing, no doubt. But you need to meet them where they are. And you need to bring that hope, that compassion that Christ had. You know, you talk about the compassion of Christ. Look at how what he said when he was nailed to the cross. He said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Even the people who were trying to kill him, he evangelized too. He still prayed for them. That's a big one. Pray for the people that you encounter. Pray for them that they will come to a knowledge and an understanding of God and how wonderful he is. That is such a big one. Things don't happen without prayers, guys. Prayers are powerful. And, you know, we can speak to and mimic, our, mimic Christ in our lives. But if we don't pray for those people, they have, there's nothing. So, do I feel like evangelism has taken a back seat in our faith? Absolutely. But there is so much more of an interest in it now, which really is a good thing, I think. Because when we, we talk about the, the new evangelism and, and we talk about what that means, you know, that's how the church is going to continue. You know? you know, I see all these older people who, who come to Mass, you know? And you know what I don't see a lot of? People my age. Now I'm 25 years old. I don't see a lot of people my age coming to Mass. I see a lot of families, you know, I see a lot of families and older people, but I don't see people my age 
coming to Mass. And I'm not going to tell you why I think that is. I think it's the modern culture, number one. And number two, they're so attracted to craziness. Like, these, these Protestant churches have, like, concert services. That they've, that, you know, people that grew up in the Catholic Church that have gone away from it are so attracted to the busyness of a Protestant service that they neglected the beauty of the Catholic Mass. And I'm not saying that we should change anything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm simply saying is we need to bring them back into the beauty of the church. And I do not mean evangelizing for people who've never come to the church. I'm talking also for people that have been away from the church, too. You know, if we should evangelize just as much to them as to people that have never been in the church at all. So I think it's twofold. It's A, going out and being Christ to those that have never known Christ. But I think so much more you know, for those that have left the church. Um, my cousin, my cousin Lisa, she grew up, actually she and her husband both grew up Catholic. And they left church. Don't really know why. They're practicing Presbyterians now. But I pray for them every day that they will come back to the fullness of truth that is the Catholic church. And I, I pray every day for their souls that they will, they will know the fullness of God in the church and come back to it. So, do I think that it's important to evangelize to people who have never known Christ? Absolutely, without a doubt. That's the seedbed right there of how the church continues. But I think too little has been put on evangelizing to those that have left the church. And you say, oh, I don't want to push them, I don't want to push them. Well, you're not. That's not the idea. If you're going to evangelize to somebody who's left the church, I would start off with why. Why did you leave the church? What were your grounds for leaving? What upset? What, what, what displeased you? What frustrated you about the church that made you leave? Well, ask those kind of questions. And go into... You know, go, go a little deeper into the conversation. You know, that could be a starting point, And then, you know, you continue on from there. But I really think that we need to go back to evangelizing to those that have left the church. I feel like that is such a big thing for me because I know people who have left. And it's really disheartening for me. And, of course, you should pray for them, that they will come back to the church. But you need to evangelize to them as well. You need to meet them where they are and find out why they left and just give them the truths of the faith again. And you can say, oh, that's going to be so hard, though, Catherine. I don't think I can do it. Oh, I'm sure you can. If you, if you ask the Lord to help you, I have no doubt that you can do it. I have no doubt that you can succeed. Um, you know, I, I feel like the church is entering a, a new millennium here. And it's, you know, things have been very difficult. Very, very difficult 
for for those of us who have remained Catholic for our whole lives. Believe me, it's not easy. It's 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 very hard. But I was reading an article the other day, and I feel like it's really fitting. And it was, go to Mass anyway, regardless of what some men have done. And, you know, if, you know, people ask me all the time, like, why are you still Catholic, even with all the sexual abuses and things going on? And I tell them, I did not, I was not, I do not stay Catholic because of some priests. I stay Catholic because I believe in my full heart that this is the church that Jesus Christ founded. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So just because, you, and I put it this way, just because Judas betrayed Jesus, does that mean the other 11 left? Absolutely not. Oh, man. So, you know, it's, I feel like evangelizing to people is so important. You know, to people who've never known Christ. But there's also, on the other hand, evangelizing to those that may have known Christ. And I feel like that's not talked enough about in today when we talk about evangelizing to people. So, I think, I think we, uh, we need to get back to that. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, actually, real quick. And when we come back, I'm actually going to see if I can find an article talking about evangelizing to those that have left the Catholic Church and just see what, what thoughts are on there that I can expound upon. So we will be right back, so hold tight. All right, sorry about that, guys. I could not find what I was looking for. Um, you know, because there's not very much that's talked about in, in, in regard to, um, uh, in regard to, um, evangelizing to, um, to those that have left the church. And let me, and, and let me just put it this way. Let me give you guys my own personal, uh, story. I've not, I've done it before, but I feel like this is a perfect example of evangelizing to a, a fallen away Catholic. So as you guys probably know, I grew I'm a cradle Catholic. And I really didn't pay attention to my faith when I was younger. Really just found the mass boring, didn't really appreciate it, that type of thing. And um so, you know, just didn't care about it. Well, things happened. Ended up moving living with my mom. In eighth grade, I was going to a Catholic school. Got me interested in my faith again. Really, you know, I was in the choir, in the school choir, that type of thing. And then, you know, eighth grade to ninth grade, tenth grade were all Catholic schools. Well, moved up to Maryland, went to a public school. I stopped attending church. Yes, I still identified as a Catholic at this point, but I wasn't really practicing. Eleventh grade happens, then twelfth grade I meet a friend of mine, Samantha Boykin. Miss her very dearly. She also was a proud Catholic, but she wasn't practicing at the time. And um we were walking somewhere. I can't remember where, but we were walking by this building. And I'd seen this building before and I didn't think much of it. But Sam was like, you know that's the Catholic Church, right? 
I'm like, that's a Catholic church? She's like, oh, yeah. It's like, hmm. And I, I, I looked at the name. It was St. Margaret's, St. Margaret Church. Thinking, okay, you can go look this website up. Get home later that night, later that day, that evening. I'm sitting on my bed, and I'm looking through my phone, and I go on this website, this Paris website. I'm like, they got a mass at 12 o'clock on Sundays. I think I'm going to start going back to mass. And that's what got me into my faith that I am now. You know, started going back to mass, that type of thing. And, um, you know, it's those little promptings I feel like that the Holy Spirit leads you to that you need to be open to. And believe me, I'm not saying I rejected my faith at any point because I didn't. I absolutely 100% did not reject my faith at any time. But I felt that I was just distant because life got in the way. I couldn't put my life and my faith together. It just didn't work. Now I'm able to do that. So I feel like to evangelize people, to evangelize people, we need to go out. And as Christ said to Peter, you will be a fisher of men. We need to go out and be fishers of men for Christ. Because like I said, that's how the church is going to continue. And yes, I know the church has gotten a lot of crap. Believe me, I know that it's gotten a lot of crap. But I'm going to tell you right now, it is not going anywhere. As Christ said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the Catholic Church. Go out there and evangelize, people. Go out and be that voice for Christ. Meet people where they are. And show them the love of Christ. Bring them to the fullness of truth that is his church. Let's pray. In the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I ask that you help us be witnesses to your truth. Uh, to the truth that only you provide. Lord, I ask that you, you help us meet people where they are in relation to you and what you want for their lives. Because as you say, you will gather all people to yourself. You'll gather all people to yourself so that they may know your truth. Help us do that, Lord. Help us be witnesses to you and to your truth, and so that we can go out and be your disciples and do as you command us to make disciples of all nations. We ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, I know this was a long post but it had but I just felt like it was something that needed to be talked about I really hope that you guys can can give this some thought if you have any questions uh let me know um you guys should have my information if not um it is my my email is c.sobey2394 at yahoo.com 
And then my Facebook page, Catholic Reflections, what the Mass readings mean for us today. As always, thank you guys for listening. Good night and God bless you. Bye-bye.